welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. If you are in the U.S., this episode is airing right after Thanksgiving week, so I hope you had a wonderful time celebrating with family and friends and are ready to get back into the swing of things for the last few weeks of the year before we head into 2023. Today's episode is a little bit of a mixed bag. I have some great planner piece submissions, some questions, some suggestions, and then I'm going to go through my plans for my goal journal for next year since I have decided not to continue to use Cultivate What Matters. I decided to do a little DIY version, so I'm excited to talk a little bit about that. But first, here comes our planner piece submission. This comes from Cheryl. She writes, I'm a longtime planner pad user since 2014, and I love the top spread of seven categories to make a weekly list of activities by category. But as you've reported in your own review of the planner pad, the look is a bit boring. I use the executive size 12-month book from January to December, and while the company offers a pastel and light green model of the book, I always go with the black cover and black and white pages since I prefer a much bolder color palette. Whenever I looked for a more colorful planner, I could never find one that had the top weekly spread that I liked. I've also spent time on both the Agendio and Purple Planner sites trying to design my own, but could never design something exactly how I wanted it. I also found that the daily spaces on the planner pad were too small. I used to use a blank sheet of paper to design my daily schedule using all the notes I took from my planner pad to be able to easily see what I needed to do each day. Then I'd recycle the paper at the end of the day. I once thought the idea of a planner stack was ridiculous because how many planners does one person need? But then I looked into the quarterly full focus planner. I began using the student version of the full focus planner because it gives a full page for each day, plus a day of notes, and it is cheaper than buying the adult version. Plus, it has bright colors on the cover. So for the last year or so, I've used the quarterly full focus planner for daily planning and rely heavily on its weekly review pages to track goals, figure out what I've accomplished for the week, and follow both a daily big three and a weekly big three to set priorities and follow through with them. Since the full focus planner is undated, it is not useful for when I make appointments months down the road, but the planner pad is here for that. I now have a stack of my planner pad and my full focus planner, and since I work from home, I don't often have to carry both of them when I'm out of the house. Although when I do, I just put them both in a tote bag. I've also incorporated a weekly good things that happened this week section of my planner pad. That is goes where the pre-printed expenses section is, and I track monthly goals on the notes pages that exist between months. I'll also do a prior month recap of work, health, relationships, and admin things, and set the upcoming monthly goals in the same categories on the monthly planner pad page. Now that I use both planners for monthly, weekly, and daily goals, I can see easily how I'm making progress and how things are getting done. Some might find all of this tracking and thinking about priorities and goals redundant, but going through both books each week, typically on a Sunday, helps me to know exactly where things stand in the different categories of my life, which respond, correspond to the planner pad's weekly spread of categories. Cheryl goes on to talk about how she owns her own writing business and oversees a busy family life with her family, all of whom have multiple activities and responsibilities, and they also juggle a number of chronic illnesses in the group, which means overseeing many healthcare provider visits, insurance coverage, medication management, and related tasks. She's the primary scheduler of everything, which she doesn't mind because she has her planners keeping everything in one place. And finally, she notes... I got the idea from the I Love My Planner Pad Facebook page to cover the boring black cover with the fabric of my choice. 
I'd always liked the patterns of various fabrics I'd seen, but didn't sew or quilt, so I never had reason to buy fabric. But once I googled how to cover a book with fabric, I was hooked. Her planner pad is now a gorgeous shade of various pinks, and the Full Focus planner is covered with a funky green pattern. And she has different fabrics to cover her 2023 books as well. Cheryl also discovered stickers she can customize for different pages of the planner pad. She designed a Good Things This Week sticker for her 2023 books using makestickers.com, and I'll link to these, and found an Etsy seller, khdstickers.com, where she can customize the labels she uses for her weekly spread of activities by category. The categories she uses are work, marketing, health, admin, house, money, and then one each for her husband and two kids' names. I love this, Cheryl. She says she thinks she's going to have planner piece with the planner pad, the full focus planner, her covers, and her array of custom stickers for a very long time. While this was a little bit long and a little bit elaborate, it shows the utility of a planner stack, at least for some, because often what you need for your daily is very different from what you need as a scheduler. And I love how she was able to incorporate homemade covers and stickers to just bring a little bit more joy and fun to the whole thing. So thank you so much for sharing. What a wonderful planner piece submission. All right, the next thing I wanted to mention is that I got a lovely follow-up after I did the episode with my husband that aired episode 119. If you missed it, we talked a little bit about his current planning rituals as well as what he was looking for, which was a sticky note to put the top priorities for the week on top of his current planner. And this lovely listener, Jen, wrote in with a couple of suggestions. So I just wanted to share them with you all in case you were looking for a great sticky note to write your weekly or daily list on. The first one is by the company Get to Workbook. I actually had the head of that company, Elise Kripe, come on the podcast over a year ago. She is lovely. Her products are beautiful. And this is the Get to Workbook Rainbow To-Do List Sticky, a very attractive sticky note that would work really, really well. Although I don't know if my husband would be super excited about bright rainbow colors because they might attract a little bit of attention, but who knows? Personally, I think it's really, really cute. And then the other one is called the Knock Knock Today's Plan of Attack Great Big Sticky Note. This actually says today, but Jen, who submitted this, actually uses it for the whole week because there's lots of space to write all of your priority tasks for the week. And the whole thing is sticky, so you can put it on top of your planner of choice. So these are two great options if you're looking for a sticky note to kind of guide you through the day or the week, and then you can just get rid of it when you're done. Both have very different but lovely designs, and I will link to both of those in the show notes, which you can always find, by the way, at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and then I will be back with a Q&A as well as my plans for my do-it-yourself 2023 goal planner. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. 
That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back. Now, these questions actually both come from the same listener. She said she was new to listening to Best Laid Plans, and she thought maybe some of the answers might be in the back catalog, but I thought these were still excellent questions, and I wanted to answer both of them. So I'll do them one at a time, but they did come from the same listener, so thank you so much for sending those in. Okay, the first one, she writes, My first question is in regards to virtual mailbox. I have a Gmail account that I only use for work and personal contacts, and my Yahoo is like my spam where I set up all my subscriptions, stores, whatever. I was shocked when I heard you get your inbox down to zero, as I currently have 31,785 emails. My question is, do you have any suggestions on the fastest and easiest way to get this to a manageable number, and then implement your method of sorting through and organize it regularly going forward? I honestly don't know how far back it goes, and I would imagine if it was something important, I've either found the specific email and responded or completed the task by now, or it is no longer relevant. I absolutely agree with her that beyond a certain point, it likely is no longer relevant. So it depends how much time you have to devote to cleaning up this huge backlog. But if your Yahoo is mostly spam and you're certainly not sitting there, going back, do you have 31,000? Like for the most part, they have just been read and sitting there or not read and sitting there. Like they're just sitting there. They're not pinging your to-do list. They're not reminding you of something because they can't. They're buried in a pile of you know thousands. I would honestly just archive all of it except for perhaps what came in for the past week and then go ahead and clear out the last past week quickly also paying attention to what might be able to be unsubscribed from so that you can get rid of some of the things that frequently come in that you don't even look at. You might also consider the unroll.me app. I think it's unroll.me where you can basically use this app to bulk unsubscribe from a lot of different things. The Gmail that is a little bit more active, you may consider just archiving anything more than say two to three months old 
and then devote one afternoon to just kind of breezing through the rest. I think one important thing to note is that you are not deleting, you are archiving. You can still search for anything you need. You just are getting the point, you know, you're getting the emails off the front screen, off the front screen, so that what comes in can actually get your attention if it deserves, and then set up a routine of when you're going to clear those out on a regular basis so your email does not become a very messy and uncategorized to-do receptacle. I guess the other thing I'll say is, yes, I love Inbox Zero, but if these emails don't bother you at all, like if you literally don't notice them and you're, you know, not missing anything and you're checking them on a regular enough basis, then there is no requirement to go to Inbox Zero if your system you currently have worked for you. I do have to be careful sometimes to not proselytize ways that made work for me. I am an upholder. I tend to like things more spare. That might not be what everybody is looking for. If this is working for you and it's never bothered you, then hey, maybe you don't need to mess with it. But if you do want to try kind of not having your inbox be a disorganized collection receptacle for possible to-do items or memorabilia, et cetera, then I think you need to do a serious clean out and start from zero. But again, I wouldn't spend hours and hours and hours. I would use the date, I would archive, and then I would devote maybe one afternoon to going through the rest. All right. The second question sent in by the same listener, and I do feel like these questions are a little bit parallel and related, is... Have you ever gone back months or even years to fill in a calendar or journal? After her twins were born, she had plans that would she would track their milestones and memories and bought baby's first journals calendar style with pens and washi tape and even a cute tote to keep it all organized. But she writes, I'm the person that searches for the perfect journal but is afraid to mess it up so I never wrote in it. They will be two in February. Any suggestions on attempting this or would you say the ship has sailed? Okay, well, I don't think there's a perfect answer to this either. It depends on what your goals are. Now, I absolutely get behind in my family photo books, but because I really like having yearly family photo books, I will go through the backlog. And I did get two years behind, but now I'm only one year behind. Yay! And I'm kind of halfway through 2021. So hopefully I can start 2023 working on 2022. So sometimes, yes, I will do backlogs of certain things. I never do backlogs of things like my five-year journal or other journals because I'm okay if there are blank spaces in those journals and those are more about the process of doing them than the product. So I'd say if you really want the product, like you want it for your kids, then one way to do this would be to like set a schedule now that they're turning to where perhaps you give yourself, I don't know, a month to fill in four months at a time. So that would allow you to catch up in four or five months. You could get through 20 months or something like that to the point where you would get up to the current time and maybe you could use your phone and the photos on there to remember what was happening at different times and you could even do some photo printing and put them in there and that way you know you can kind of kill two birds with one stone and make a little photo album that way although you do have to be careful those photo printed like the phone printed photos are not always archival quality i think they do sometimes fade with time so it depends that's just my tangent as to whether you'd want to use it in something like this Now, if this was just for the process, like you thought it would be fun to do, but you have enough ways that you can remember your twins, then I kind of feel like maybe it's time to just cut bait and move forward and decide how you want to capture things going forward, maybe with something more minimal, maybe by doing something easier like the chat books that you can just print out a bunch of what you posted to Instagram 
kind of up to you. If it's stressing you out and it's not super, super important to you to have this physical keepsake, I would say it's probably time to cut bait. Of course, I'd be interested in what listeners say as well. I think this is a really interesting question, both of them, and that there's no really right answer, but you have to think about what your goals are. And that applies to your email question as well. All right, as I promised, I wanted to do a little bit of a dive into what I'm planning to do for my goals notebook next year. Now, Cultivate What Matters, I used intermittently for two or three years, and I do think it's a lovely system. They were acquired by a company that is a little bit more religious than I'm super comfortable with. Honestly, if I still love the product, I don't think I would rule out using it. I mean, to be fair, I probably use a lot of products in my everyday life that are led by companies with values that aren't exactly the same as mine. And I don't take the time to do a deep dive into like who makes every single item that I purchase. So that's my little disclaimer. But I also just feel like it's time for me to move on. Like I've enjoyed using that structure, but I think that I'm ready to not necessarily fill out the same templates that I'm using. Like I've got what I needed to get out of those pages at the beginning of Cultivate What Matters, and I'm just ready to move on to something different. So I decided I wanted to find a happy medium between lots of structure that's present in the Cultivate What Matters and like a blank bullet journal. Actually, I flirted with using the Hobonichi A6 size, the day free as a goals journal. But honestly, I just found myself, I wasn't even using it yet because I was just setting it up for 2023. I just felt like I was getting lost in it. Like I did put tabs in it, but I don't know. I felt like I needed something that was actually divided by months and that had bigger pages than A6. And so I decided to go with an Erin Condren monthly and I ordered the uh, vegan leather cover with my initials on it with the neutral interior and I absolutely love it. I also added the initial uh, lined pages in the back. I believe it's 40 additional pages. And so you get kind of a monthly dashboard page for every single month, plus 10 lined pages for each month. You get tabs to divide them really, really nicely. And then 40 pages in the back that I can put all types of goals and lists in. And I think this is going to be the perfect fit for me for 2023. I'm obviously going to put my monthly goals probably on the first page of each of the monthly sections, but there's enough space that I can also do my quintile one goals in January, my quintile two goals around April, my quintile three goals probably at the beginning of June, quintile four in August, and quintile five in November, because those correspond to kind of when I see the cut points in the year. And I think this is going to be awesome. I also plan on using some of the blank pages in the back to keep my annual goals list to keep lists of other ideas like seasonal fun lists or places we want to go, maybe a little travel planner back there. I haven't put all of it together yet, but I can just tell that there is plenty of space. But unlike the Hobonichi A6 Day Free, I don't think I'll get lost because the monthly tabs will really help me kind of keep things organized. And I might actually put a little bit of a code in there. Like if I'm going to have a bunch of theme lists, then I could put a page towards the back that says like, okay, in January, I have my media list. And in February, I have travel plans or, you know, I haven't totally decided how I want to do that. But since there are 10 pages and I'm not going to have 10 pages of goals for each month, I am going to do that. Now, the other thing one could consider doing, depending on how many goals you set for the week, is that if you wanted to use a straight calendar for your planner and keep goals entirely out of your kind of calendar type planner, 
you could put all of your goals, like your weekly, monthly, and seasonal and yearly goals in a book like this. Because again, with 10 pages for each month, depending how much space you're using for your weekly goals, I could see setting up a little weekly goals sheet. Because obviously four to five weeks per month, 10 pages, there's a lot of real estate that you could use to put your goals in. So I'm super excited. I think this is going to work really, really well for me and be a fantastic addition to my 2023 planner stack, which I think is almost fully realized. I'm still waiting for something to come in the mail that I'm thinking of putting as part of this stack. Otherwise, I will share the entire stack in its glory in a later episode closer to the end of 2022, but I'm really happy with it. It has some returning members from prior years. That's kind of obvious as I'm still doing my five-year journal, for example, and I don't think anyone will be terribly shocked at what is in that stack, but I'm still excited to share it. So once it's finalized, I will definitely do so with you. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode. I hope there wasn't too much background noise. I am actually doing this during my lunch break at work, which is a rarity, but kind of necessary as we are headed into a holiday week. And I need to make sure my sound people have plenty of time to put this together so that you can listen on your commute after Thanksgiving. And as always, you can find all of the show notes on theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. You can subscribe to my newsletter there. As I mentioned, um, Best Laid Plans Academy was launched on the newsletter. So if you want to stay up to date with what's happening there, you can join the Best Laid Plans Academy waitlist or just make sure you are a newsletter subscriber. And show notes are there and you can submit any kind of question or planner piece or suggestion for fantastic guests or topics for 2023. I have a lot of really fun ideas for best laid plans. So just super happy to have you all listening and keep the great ideas coming. So thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.